From Step and Connect, this is the Balance Matters Podcast, a neurophysical therapist's journey to make sense of balance. I am Erica DeMarch, your host, a physical therapist deeply passionate about teaching and training balance. After many interesting clinical discussions with colleagues and mentors over the years, I thought, wow, I need to share their expertise with others. On this podcast, I interview leading minds in medicine, health, and wellness to give you up-to-date information on balance, new innovation, and translate the most current research into practical clinical examples that you could start implementing right away. This is the Balance Matters Podcast. Today's interview, I have the honor to interview Mandy Shitani, an occupational therapist, gerontologist, and founder of Urban Polling. Her mission is to inspire all towards active living and wellness through innovative pool designs and education. As an avid proponent of lifelong fitness, she's experienced herself how urban polling fuels a healthy and fun lifestyle that includes using poles with other exhilarating activities, such as snowshoeing, hiking, and adventure travel, which she is passionate about. As a therapist, her design of the patented activator poles was rooted in her desire to create a tool that would revolutionize mobility and rehabilitation programs. She is an international presenter and is considered to be one of the leading experts on this activity. She was a finalist at the YWCA Women of Distinction Awards in the category of Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Let's welcome Mandy today and learn more about urban polling. Thank you, Mandy Shintani, for joining us today. I am really excited. I met Mandy uh, a few years back when um, I started to design my product and wanted advice from another clinician who went forward with their idea. Um, So Mandy, if you can kind of tell us, you know, based on your own clinical background, what um, special features did you add to your walking poles that was unique for the rehab and fitness community? Oh, thanks, Erica. I really enjoy answering this question because I just feel like I brought a lot of experience as an occupational therapist and designed the activator poles through that lens. So if I just start um, like kind of top to bottom, I can really briefly tell you how I I changed the design. But I'll just let you know, before I, I even... Um, looked specifically, I did bring poles from all over the world. Um, there was lots of different types. I tried them out. And then I just tried to look at from the perspective of our clients, what I thought would be safer and more effective. So I think if you just look at the very top thing, our most important thing was the handle. Like most traditional walking poles come with a strap. And when I tried it in the strap, I noticed that, you know, your wrist is hyperextended and um, and then I just thought about in terms of safety, if your hand gets caught in the pole. So we really changed that to an ergonomic um, shape. So it's more comfortable. Your wrist stays neutral. And then we changed, instead of a strap, we put a ledge in there. And that ledge is really, when you press down on it, is really the key for balance and offloading and uh, off-wheeling of your hips and knees and for core strengthening. So I would say that was the most important design. And then it turns out there was a large-scale study that was done in Germany. And what they found is that the highest rate of injury actually is related to the strap. Um, and then the other main change I would say we made was that I, I noticed a lot of people who have neurological conditions or older people can't 
didn't have the grip strength to do a turning lock system. So that's why we changed ours into a button lock system. And also here in Canada and abroad, people are prescribing it instead of a cane as a way to delay the use of a walker. So that button lock system, we made it so it does, it holds about 200 pounds, um, you know, versus a turning lock system can be as low as 40 pounds. And, and so the locking system can fail if you're really weight bearing on it. Um, and just the last final change I would say is that we just changed the base as well. So it just creates a lot more um, stability, keeps the pole more upright. And then it turns out there's actually been a couple studies showing recently that when a pole is vertical, so we changed the technique, which we call activator technique. When the pole is vertical, you can actually apply more pressure onto it uh, for offloading and for balance. So I would say those are our main changes I did as an, as an OT. Oh, I love it. Uh, and that actually just reminds me of, you know, when I was first introduced and in trying out your product, two of my clients that um, come to mind were both um, had neurological um, diseases. So um, one of them has Parkinson's disease, but also mm-hmm. had rheumatoid arthritis. So having that right grip was really important for her because when she would even use a walker or a cane or some kind of assisted device that she needed to walk during hiking, um, it was actually causing more pain in her wrist so that she was actually limiting the amount of walking because of the pain on her wrist. So to find that right device was really Mm -hmm. important. And then what you said is that walker, that stigma, you know, she did not want to use a walker. Right. So we talked a, a lot about, you know, her goal was to walk. She has a beautiful um, mountain house here in Colorado that she really, truly wanted to be able to walk around, but um, was unsafe if she didn't have some kind of assisted device. So the walking poles was a really good mix to be able to go longer, to be less painful in her hands, mm-hmm. also to feel you know, that stigma of that walker really bothered her. So she had that upright posture, felt like she was walking in the outdoors. So that was one really good example um, that I can see that other polls didn't really help her. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that's been one of the most exciting parts of creating the poll is, um, you know, here in Canada, it's prescribed as an alternative to canes and to delay or reduce the use of walkers. And, and, you know, I think that's one of our biggest challenges as therapists is that we, someone may have issues with their balance. We know that they'll, you know, they'll do better with a cane or a walker. But like you said, they have, you know, that negative perception of disability with some of those devices. And I'm sure you've, you found this too. Like sometimes I'll even visit, you know, someone who's in their nineties and they'll say, Oh, I'm, you know, that's for old people to use walkers. And it's like, okay, you're not going to use a walker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and it, it's really true. It, talking about just like assisted devices, not using it as a Nordic walking type of technique, you know, more that upright posture. Um, another client um, had a significant stroke and, you know, she left the hospital. I went to evaluate her in her home. She had a wide base quad cane, you know, all her weight was toward her unaffected side. Um, and to really get her to have a more symmetri- uh, symmetric gait was a goal of mine for her. But the poles, the mitt, she thought I was crazy when I showed her the pole. She's like, this isn't going to get me, <laughs> you know, she like laughed at me mm-hmm. and said I can do this. And, you know, a month later, she was using one pole. Then we even got her to use two hands to have her to increase the use of her hand 
Um, so she was able to get that symmetry and get more activation of her affected arm. Um, and now she's not even using a device inside and just using the poles for outdoor. Oh, wow. That's great to hear. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty neat to see somebody who had a really effective mm-hmm. be able to still hold the, the pole. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I was really surprised by um, with stroke clients is that, you know, when I really looked at, you know, like here in Canada, for example, all of our clients get who have a stroke are prescribed a cane. And then when I started looking at it, it was like, you know, we're really providing them with a device that is giving a person a visual, sensory, auditory, and proprioceptive cue to the normal side of their body, which really goes against what we're trying to achieve in rehabilitation, which is getting them to really pay more attention to the um, affected side. So um, one thing that we we tried was, um, you know, putting the pole in their normal hands. So at least they're actually, you know, it's a little bit higher than a cane. So they weren't so stooped down. Their wrist was now in a more neutral position. But then on the affected hand, we actually started pulling the pole apart. Like, you know how it's in two pieces. So just pulling it apart and just using the top shaft putting that in the person's hand. Now, sometimes they don't have enough hand grip, so you might have to use like a, you know, a grip device um, to just keep it there. But then what the person has is all that cueing is now coming toward to them for so that they'll actually pay more attention to that affected hand. And then just getting them with that, you know, half pole, just like you said to, you know, um, so they've got something in both hands and getting them to mimic the normal walking pattern, even if they move that affected arm just for half an inch or an inch in rhythm with that other leg, at least we've got them on the road to a more functional gait pattern than just leaving that arm just sitting at the side, which, you know, it's so sad that sometimes I'll go to these stroke recovery groups and you'll see someone, you know, many years post-stroke and they've just got no movement and that affected side and they've been using a cane for all those years. No, I, I definitely agree. And I think um, as therapists too, we need to sometimes remember it, it doesn't need to look perfect or most pretty as you're walking, you know, in the beginning, because mm-hmm. um, her, even the timing and the the rhythm was really off trying to use two canes at once. And she is a lucky because she actually is left-hand dominant. The stroke affected her left side, but she's also a piano player. So the rhythm, she didn't give up her piano playing. So actually kept playing. And I think that really helped her um, hand function, but that rhythm, you know, I told her to use that sound. And we've talked about this before, Mandy, because, you know, I look at all that auditory feedback from Mm -hmm. my product, but looking at that rhythm of the sound of the two um, sticks. So when she was, I want you to hear each sound as you're stepping Um, and even just going back and forth before she walked, she really started to get that rhythm to walk where um, she said some people are telling her, oh, don't use that. That's actually, you're going to trip over or get it out of your way. Um, so for safety, she used one at home in the beginning, but in rehab together, we did two together to get her to get that rhythm until she felt safe to do it on her own. So um, don't give up on your clients that, you know, they. I think they can do a lot more. It just might take a little time to get that rhythm and that movement. 
Oh, that's great advice. Like, I love the two things that you said. First of all, that, you know, they, um, she can just use, it doesn't look pretty. So some of them might only want to use the, you know, the pole and or the two poles or a pole and a half, you know, doing your rehab sessions or just doing walking doesn't have to be all or none. Um, and then we did the half pole too, because we found um, that would be less of a tripping hazard as well. Um, but I think too, just, I found for a lot of uh, the clients too, they had told me that, you know, their therapist had said, oh, you know, most recovery happens only in the first year. And they said that they really, they either, you know, had to stop going for their rehabilitation or they just thought there wasn't much progress. So I love that concept too, that, yeah, it doesn't have to look pretty. It's going to take a lot longer, but start off with small changes and over years uh, with that neuroplasticity, you, you know, we still can see those changes you know, with our clients. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the, it, that was the same with this lady um, that I was um, speaking about, you know, she thought she was just done making gains, you know, and thought, mm-hmm. that's why she thought I was crazy when I introduced, you know, something new, but, you know, just to see right now is her goal, you know, for outdoor ambulation, you know, to be able to maybe even take a Nordic walking class eventually, you know, to have that. Um, so that kind of brings me um you know, we're talking more about rehab, but what's the differences and how do you do your training for if somebody was taking like more like a walking class for endurance, um, for increased speed versus um, more of an alternative to a cane? Oh, great question. Yeah, because there's really two different ways that you can use the pole. So uh, we designed the activator pole uh, to be more about balance, like when people just want to be able to walk again, like the clients that you just mentioned, this one with the stroke or, or um, giving more stability and confidence for the person that you just mentioned with Parkinson's. And so in that particular case, we changed the technique so the pole is actually vertical. But absolutely, when you want to uh, do more of the, what we say, the traditional Nordic walking, we've coined it as urban polling here in Canada, but that technique is really helpful for wellness or when you want to bring your client up for greater intensity uh, in their walking. You want to increase their speed or you want more of an arm swing. You want those really large movements for people with Parkinson's. And particularly for people with Parkinson's in the early stages, I will recommend they do more of the fitness uh, walking so, or Nordic walking or urban polling technique. So in that particular case, the pole is now um, vertical and your hand, you're, you're sort of throwing your hand out as, as if you're doing a friendly handshake. So your elbow is straight and the pole is now diagonal. It's got that little boot that kind of pushes you forward. And that really um, brings your gait pattern into much larger, faster um, motions and movement. So um, two kind of very distinct techniques kind of depending on what you want to achieve. No, I think that's a good point because I know some of my clients who have, especially outdoors on uneven surfaces, um, you know, our sidewalks aren't the greatest um, here in an old neighborhood or even just hiking here in Colorado. If they want to increase that speed to get that cardio intensity, um, having a little bit of assistance will get them there versus on their own. So I think that's, 
um, really important to have something that will push them a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then right now too, with Parkinson's, a lot of, you know, there's that new research that shows you work at 80% of your maximum heart rate for optimal benefits. So a lot of times people have just used it for, you know, bringing them into that higher intensity or turning their walking into power walking. So do you teach classes then, or if somebody was interested, so as a um, clinician who wanted to offer, I know in Colorado, there are some courses or, you know, classes that people can actually take as a, um, a walking class. Do you teach classes that they can do that or have, is there a list of where clients can actually find a walking, you know, class? Yeah. I mean, most of our programs are set up so that we provide courses both to, uh, you know, fitness instructors or athletic trainers, uh, rehab assistants and therapists, so that they can actually do either one-to-one treatment with the poles, or they can set up these pole walking classes um, within their own community. So that's what I would recommend. Our our website is urbanpoling.com. And people can either, if they go on to there, they'll see that there's kind of two different um, classes that or courses that they can take that are virtual or online. Uh, I just want to mention actually just ironically next Tuesday on May 18th, we actually do have a course specific on Parkinson's and we both, we have both available for the instructor and for the therapist. I mean, the advantage that I find for the pole walking class is that because this concept is really new in the U.S., people are going to, they go to a class, they are going to find that um, they probably will feel more comfortable, they can learn more about the techniques, you know, it's a great way to socialize, and it's a great way to challenge themselves by having that support of other people around. So I think there's a lot of advantages to do pole walking. Some therapists are too busy, but they might hire a kin or a rehab assistant with their clinic to actually run the program. Um, You know, some therapists run it themselves, but that's another option if they're too busy or they team up with an athletic trainer in the community, get them to take the course and then they can, you know, cross refer. So I think lots of benefits to having classes overall for our clients too. Yeah, no, especially now, like an outdoor activity after everything going on in the world, like just to get people moving, I think is really important. And I I know um, I'm remembering one of my clients, one thing that he really enjoyed in the class, they would go different areas and he learned like hills or was such like an important, like being able to, how to use it properly going up or down a hill and getting those tips from the instructor, he found really beneficial versus just doing a, a straight path. So I think right. you know, that having that instructor to know different techniques, I think is um, really nice compliment to have versus just doing it on your own. Yeah. And to your note too, for him, you know, so many times our clients have their own goals in terms of balance. And I found for so many clients, it is about just, you know, being able to walk on the beach, you know, with more confidence or like you mentioned, going up the hills and hiking. And one main one I found for a lot of clients in terms of balance, they said is that they wanted to actually travel again. Like they just didn't feel comfortable anymore, um, you know, getting on a plane or if they're on a cruise and people go out, you know, for a a walk, you know, um, uh, in, in, in cities where they land. So I found that is one of the main reasons why a lot of people use their goals, particularly if they're older and they're retired and they just want to get back to, um, 
doing some sort of traveling or, or hiking again. I think that is key to have that conversation with your clients because I know some of my clients' goals would be, I don't want to use an assisted device. I want to be able to walk with nothing. And once you start elaborating, yes, you can walk with nothing. You met that goal maybe indoors, but if you're limiting yourself and not hiking or not going certain places because you're worried, you keep that goal to say, I can hike, I could travel, I could do it, but I need to have a walking stick with me for safety. You know, and then if eventually maybe the goal is not to have it during X, Y, or Z. So I think really looking at participation and what you're doing is overall and having that conversation that that's more important than, you know, being able, yes, you already met that goal without, you know, indoors, but we want you moving and doing more. So I think that is a a really important concept that sometimes we need to elaborate a little bit more on. Um, And I think that could be, you know, hugely motivating for your client too. If you're always keeping in mind your balance goals with what they want to achieve. So, and um, like you said too, that, you know, with the pandemic right now, we've just seen an unprecedented interest in being able to be outside and, and to walk with that being one of the few recommended activities. Yeah. And to know, like, even like, I'm thinking of even hikes I do with my daughters, you know, and and my family, you know, all the kids, we went on a hike recently and it was kind of muddy and a lot more slippery versus ice that we didn't realize. We thought it was, you know, 70 degree day that the ice melted, but we were higher up and all the kids are trying to find sticks and, you know, trying to get more stable. It's okay that you need more stability in certain environments to know, or certain types of Um, And to have that conversation that we all need that to be able to feel safe and enjoy our surroundings. So um, hopefully we can get rid of that stigma that, you know, uh, having a device means, you know, something different, at least, you know. For sure. And I think one of the reasons why people do like the walking poles versus the devices is that perception that they've seen people use it, you know, of all different ages for hiking or for snowshoeing. So um, just that feeling that it's more mainstream and that, you know, other people are using it seems to allow for greater acceptance as well. So I think just um, to note also for anyone listening, um, Mandy on her website has a really good resource for all the research because there's extensive research on the benefits of walking poles and then also in different populations Um, you have um, even the PDF of a systematic review. Um, And one thing that I really liked about this review, it talked about it's all its benefits on um, different parameters, such as heart rate, blood pressure, exercise capacity, maximal oxygen consumption and quality of life and a range of different diseases. But it also talked about primary and secondary prevention. So I think that's really important how you were even talking about early diagnose with somebody with Parkinson's looking at, you know, that primary um, prevention or that secondary prevention of looking at how, you know, arm swing and making them move a little bit faster, getting that 80% of their heart rate max versus um, somebody who maybe um, isn't getting that stride and maybe has now secondary um, prevention. Maybe they didn't have that hip extension or that posture and they can't get a good stride. And now you're trying to work on that because they were taking small steps for so long and trying to prevent that. So, kind of looking at that, um, I think is kind of important to at different diagnoses. So I, I, it's a good article and there's tons of other articles that you cited 
Um, so I don't know if you have any of your favorite articles, maybe just to mention, because there is a lot, or even just talking about, you know, I know we talked about different goals, but looking at dosing, it seems like they um, kind of ranged from, you know, eight weeks to three months or like a 12 week, you know, what would you recommend if somebody is doing it for, for instance, for that endurance and that fitness part? Um, do you have any recommendations for uh, that we would recommend for our clients? You know, I always say that it just seems like from the research, the best outcomes come when people do it for three months. However, um, because I think, you know, becomes more habituated too. But, you know, however, there are a lot of clients like people with Parkinson's, for example, I found that will notice differences almost immediately. You know, not all of them, but that upright posture, you know, then notice the increased arm swing, the less of the reducing of that shuffling gait pattern and lifting up their feet is something I've, you know, a lot of them have noticed fairly quickly. But I think overall, I would suggest to do it three months. Because the other thing I found is too, is just your overall coordination, even though it's this exact same movement as regular walking, I think that's why there's so many benefits in terms of it normalizing your walking pattern. It does seem to take a while for you to really feel comfortable with using the poles. So I think three months would be um, a good, you know, recommendation for your client to really you know, see the changes and for them, it, for it to become more of a lifestyle, lifestyle habit. Uh, in terms of the research, I just want to mention that, yeah, I love that study that the systematic re- review, I think that was done in 2015, I believe, or is it? Um, but I was just going to mention, there's actually over 300 studies right now, if you go on to PubMed, and every month that seems to grow. The amount of international interest in Nordic walking has exploded. Um, every time I go, there's new research. Lots of those research studies are directly related to balance. Like balance does seem to be... a uh, Uh, a really important component that is in a lot of those research studies, you know, um, in addition to all those health benefits that you mentioned, I think because it originally is a fitness activity that there's a lot of cardiovascular benefits along with it. Um, And I just want to mention too, uh, we're really proud. We've actually got 18 studies that have been done on our activator polls Mm -hmm. uh, internationally. And a lot of those are related to balance issues as well. So improved posture was done at um, a hospital in London, UK. Uh, Three studies we've done in our activators actually related to falls um, using the tug six minute test. And a lot of them showing just increased, you know, walking endurance. So a lot of those are going to have benefits overall in terms of, of balance. And of course, normalizing your walking pattern is going to make you less at risk for falls overall in terms of the research. So um, definitely an area that's been very well studied and continues to have lots of interest in it. I guess just to, to, um, to end, when you say balance, um, you know, I always joke around balance is such a big word, you know, looking at all the resources for postural control. Do you think when they're saying balance is improving, is it because you have a more upright posture. There's a lot of correlation with um, posture imbalance. If you're flexed forward, you have a higher risk of, of falling. Do you think it's because speed, you know, that they're able to walk faster? Now they have, you know, they're standing on one foot longer. What, what do you think uh, 
or is it more that sensory integration that is actually improving balance? Gosh, that is a great question. I mean, I really do think it's a combination of all of it um, in terms of, uh, you know, just exactly what you mentioned, posture, arm swing, but also, you know, there's a lot of research showing that the more you can motivate your client to walk further, the more confident they feel about walking, the more they're going to do that. So it kind of gets them into that cycle of, you know, and then of course that improves their overall strengthening. Every time you press down on the, on the ledge of the pole too, as you step forward, you also engage your core muscles. So, you know, for example, you're going to mile, you'd get 1800 contractions happening in your abs. I really think it's a combination of all those different factors of normalizing the pattern, the core strengthening, and the confidence that somehow seems to translate into better balance. So, um, yeah, I would say that would be my guess at this point. Yeah, no, I I love that you talked about that confidence level because, you know, I've been looking a lot more in just self-efficacy of someone really believes that they are improving and they're, then they're going to walk more, they're motivated, um, you know, then they're just doing more. So I agree that if you feel confident in your balance and you don't have that fear of falling, you're probably going to use your systems and your um, balance a lot differently. You're probably not co-contracting, you're t- tightening up, you know, um, all mm. of that would be just another more research to look into. <laughs> you know, I would at some of their strategies they use afterwards if they're more relaxed, you know, with that walking. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I would say too, is that walking is something our clients will do forever. Like I have found so many times that, you know, we give them exercises and people are very committed for, you know, maybe even three months or longer. But one of the things I think is neat is that clients that I've seen, you know, 15 years later, um, and they're using the walking poles because they have to walk every day. They'll never. And so the fact that it's a combination of walking and exercise together, I think makes it a great long-term active living solution that we can provide as well. I love it. Well, thank you, Mandy. If there's, do you have any last tips for either a therapist or for clients using poles that, you know, um, I don't know, for some kind of tip that they can use it better. I would say um, if you're a therapist, try to just get it in your client's hands because you can talk about a lot of the benefits, but I found it's not really till, you know, just like your your stroke client, they're like, what, you know? not too sure about this, but it's when you get it into their hands and they actually just start walking and moving with it that you can really see the changes. If people want more tips as well, you know, they can go on our website. We do have videos on how to adjust, how to do the different techniques that I've talked about. Um, And then one final thing I would say too for therapists is don't over teach people. I find when one of the reasons why people don't do it is because the therapist has given them a million tips on how to use it with the poles. A lot of times, if you just put it in their hands, you've assessed that they're safe to try it. Perhaps you're behind them supporting with their hips. Just let them walk with it because it's already mimicking their normal walking pattern. And sometimes I find those instructions just further confuse and um, frustrate people. And then they don't want to do it as much. So I would say that would be my final tip. 
Uh-huh. I just want to say, Erica, thank Erica, thank you so much. It's been a great conversation, and this has just been a wonderful opportunity to talk about balance. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I definitely learned a lot. And like Mandy said, there's definitely tons of resources. I'll post everything so that you can um, have access to those articles and also just the different resources to start doing some more pole walking. Thank you so much today. If you liked this episode, I hope you would consider subscribing to the Balance Matters podcast on our website and iTunes. Share it with your friends, colleagues, and show some love on social media. For a new podcast like mine, those reviews are everything. To stay connected with us, follow Step and Connect on social media and visit our website, stepandconnect.com, to learn more about our educational courses, resources, and products. I hope you learned something today and will join me on this journey to make sense of balance.